Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm your host, Richard Bliss. And yes, you heard something slightly different when this episode began. And that's because my guest is a artist, songwriter, and actress. And that was her work, her voice that you heard as we started this show. And I've invited her on because my previous guest, uh, Laser, was um, talking about helping others with their Kickstarter and crowdfunding projects. And so when uh, after the show, we had talked and... Laser put me in touch with one of the folks that has worked with her for, worked with Laser for a long time, and I have her on the show now. And I would like you to welcome Lucia Fasano, actress, songwriter, and overall creative person. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. Um, I uh, am so excited to be back in another um, Kickstarter campaign with Laser and. Um, you know, sharing everything that I've learned from them about it uh, with you. So thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And Laser was great. We had her on the show. Uh, we had Laser on the show, and, and they talked about such great concepts and mentioned that you had been involved with previous Kickstarter campaigns with them. You have a Kickstarter campaign. Let's tell our audience what it's about. The The music they heard is part of that. You have an album called Best Friend Forever, Lucia's Fasano's second album. Did I get that title right? Yeah, I mean, the, just the album is Best Friend Forever, and then the Kickstarter is Best Friend Forever, Lucia Fasano's second album. So you can Google it. It'll come up anyway. Perfect. And this is your second campaign. Uh, when did you, what was your first campaign, and when did you run that one? My first campaign was, boy, uh, the summer of 2016. And um, that was for my first album, Radio Silence. And that was a uh, folk indie rock album produced by Portland music legend Larry Crane. And it was very stripped down. Um, and the uh, album release was, you know, to get sort of, you know, um, make sort of a public statement, get together a fan base, get funding to put out a really nice copy of it, um, rather than a lot of the indie music that I've done in the past, I just put online for free and it's really hard to get people to click on it and listen to it. So Kickstarter has been a really good launching pad for me as an artist. Yeah. And that was a, uh, and that one was called Radio Silence, right? Your debut album. And I'm taking a look at the campaign mm-hmm. because you did very well with that campaign. Was it surprising you were, you raised for a first time with kind of introducing yourself out there? You did pretty good. Yeah, it was, um, the initial goal was three grand and we earned that on the first day. Oh my. So that was so cool and shocking. And I, I think it was, you know, I've performed for free and, like I've said, given away my music for free over the years and done just so many shows because I also do stand-up comedy, I do improv, so I'm always performing for free and connecting with people in Portland and Los Angeles and New York where I've performed. And so I think, um, and the album is about tragedy, it's about losing my dad, it's a coming-of-age album. So I think when I launched that campaign, especially because I had been talking about like my debut album, my debut album for so long that I think I really had built up enough both goodwill and excitement to get pe- that people really wanted to be a part of it. Um, and it gave that album sort of an important feeling um, that people felt 
Yeah, like that's over rooting for me. Right, and that's I think the the important part for us to re, to realize, isn't it, that when you're building up, particularly as an artist, when you're building up a fan base, is that giving away in essence, giving something away for free is a critical component of building that relationship and establishing that link to the fans so that they get to know you so that when the time comes for you to ask for something back, they're more inclined to step up and say, thank you. Totally, totally agree. And, and they're more inclined to feel like it's a mutual relationship instead of, um, you know, a charity. Right, a charity, or I'm just buying somebody's album that oh, I kind of like their music. I don't know anything, but you know somebody recommended it, which which we don't mind. But this this really goes beyond it because the hundreds, of, several hundred backers that you had, you kind of get to have a relationship with them, don't you? Totally, and that really, um, I was able to using Laser's advice and um, counseling, I was able to pivot into my Patreon page, which some of my backers follow me on there. So, so, um, so let's, let's talk yeah. about that for a second. Yeah. So did the Patreon page come before or after the Kickstarter campaign? It came after. Some people, you know, do it the other way, of course. But Laser felt strongly like, hey, this, is, this Kickstarter is going to help you debut. It's going to build up your mailing list. Um, it'll, people will be a lot more invested and will want to be a part of the Patreon once they already kind of know you're know about you and so it was i waited i believe like maybe four or five months i think maybe a year um until after the kickstarter was done and everyone got their rewards then it was like hey if you liked that check out my patreon and you know i have a, a modest but strong uh support thanks of steady people that, you know, can help pay a phone bill every month um, just from my art. So that's really cool. It Even is. It's not like the big numbers. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, but it does give you the opportunity. Uh, one of my favorite artists is uh, Eric Hutchison. And he, mm. right, he's has been around for a little while, but he's got a Patreon page. And it was one of the fun things for me to go and become a patron. And one of the things I got to do is interact with him as he did a monthly kind of uh, get together. And that was kind of exciting. That was an opportunity for me to, to reach out and touch, feel like I was uh, touching a part of an artist that I uh, enjoyed their life. And so I can understand, even though the numbers might be small, there is an intimacy that you're able to have and, and a kind of a, a give and a take. You give, uh, take's not the right word, but it's a, a give from both sides. Like oh, yeah. Right? Totally. And it's cool because you you understand both sides of it because you're a content creator, you put out a podcast, but also you understand like what you want out of someone that you're a fan of, you know, like you want to be supporting them. And so you understand what kind of, you know, what, what kind of content you would put out. Like I try to think about what would my fans want to see? Cause what do I like to see from the people that I follow on Patreon or that I follow on Twitter and Instagram. And I realized like, cause I'll tell myself and I feel like so many artists have imposter syndrome, you know, they self doubt. And I'll remind myself that I love when a comic book artist that I like posts a picture of their latte, you know, like while they're right. at a coffee shop scribbling, I, especially knowing that 
my money helped buy that latte, you know, I feel great about that. And so it's like, I don't need to feel ashamed to be, you know, saying, hey, thank you. I got to, you know, right. go on this audition and buy, you know, pay for a Lyft drive because because, because of the support me, of the fans. You know? Right. Exactly. So I, I think it's a really cool. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Amanda Palmer art of asking. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I brought it. That's I, what I thought with your expertise. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's one of the things I, and I was talking to laser about it as well. It, it trans her Ted talk transformed my approach. Uh, complete approach to understanding crowdfunding. And at the time I was running my podcast and everything, but her approach to how that works and her, uh, and I have to highly recommend anybody who gets a chance to watch that and listen to her, what she has to say about it. It really is. It resonates giving people an opportunity of saying thank you. Yes. And yeah, I cannot, she's my hero. She shared, Amanda Palmer shared this Kickstarter and my first one on her Twitter, um, which was so nice. Um, she, yeah, I can't recommend her Ted talk or her book more. Like there's so many things, even in your personal life where you're like, Oh, if I want something, I should ask for it. Right. When you ask, when you ask for something, it gives the option of them to go, no, I can't, I can't give you that. And you have to accept that too. There's that humility. And that's been hard you know, because I funded on the first day with my first campaign and this one I haven't funded on the first day. And it's like I have to accept that, you know, there's different types of support. They're not all monetary, you know, and it doesn't it's not a rejection of the art that I'm making. That's, um, that's right. But it's hard because you're putting yourself out there in a way that our society is really shames people and like says like you shouldn't at all you know ask to be paid for your art or well, ask for because well we uh, associate we associate that asking and I talked to laser about this as well we associate that with begging that yeah. right and or need like financial need and while many of us have grown up or experienced crowdfunding from that standpoint, every Sunday, if you ever go, to, if you ever went to church in your life and they pass the bowl, that's basically crowdfunding, right? Here, give me money, yeah, no. and, and I'll give you something back, and it'll be intangible. And but that very that's other than that, we really have never in our society been able to develop a comfortable way of exchanging money, other than an analogy of a person standing on the side of the road with a cardboard sign that says, you know, I I will play for food, right? Yeah. And that makes totally. it very awkward. And Amanda helped me completely understand and transform the way I saw my own, my own show and the, and the own way. And that has helped me then as I give advice and talk to people, help them understand how to ask and give your fans a, ch- a way of saying thank you. That's so, so cool. Yeah, I totally agree. I got a question for you then, because this second campaign is a little little rougher than the first one. The first one was all ecstatic, right? Funded in the first day. Mm-hmm. What are some of the struggles and, and difficulties you've had, do you think, in this one? What are some of the th- challenges that you've faced as you do this campaign? Because you've got, at the time of this recording, you've got about just under three weeks left, two and a half weeks left at the time of the recording. And so as you look at that, what are you feeling? What are some of the challenges that you've got right now? 
Um, well, so definitely there's the personal challenges of trying to not let it affect your ego and your, um, you know, self-esteem. So I'm trying to stay positive and remember that, um, you know, I have like 82 backers right now and those are all individual people that have chosen to support. So I can't forget them. And, you know, one thing that laser has, reminded me is like make sure that those people feel appreciated um because even though i do appreciate them there's such stress to try to make more that it's easy to just focus on please back me please back me please check it out instead of just thinking like i mean instead of just enjoying where I'm at right now. So it's this really weird, I mean, it's a lot like a political campaign and I know we're in primary season. So it's like, I watch these political candidates and I can kind of relate to them because it's like, you kind of have to pander to your base, but you also want to try to convert people that have never even liked you before. So it's like, there's definitely the challenge of like, um, enjoying where I'm at now and having fun with that while also like, but how do I get more people? And so, you know, that's definitely a challenge and we are in a, in a different um, economic era, even than 2016, which I have to remind myself is that, you know, not only were, were more people that I knew in my personal life excited to, back the campaign but in general maybe more people had money at the time well um, there's and, another possibility yeah. and then at the time uh, back in 2016 kickstarter still wasn't as popular as it is now right and so your mm-hmm. campaign was a little bit more unique than That's today where, where everybody's got a kickstarter campaign right every time you turn yeah, around I mean, back my campaign yeah totally and, and laser has, has said like you know, create that goodwill, pay it forward, support other people's Kickstarters. And I try to as much as I can. Um, I'm also a comic book writer and I've been part of two recently kickstarted anthologies. And so it's like, I want to kickstart every anthology and album that I see because I know what it's like to be on the other side of that. And it's really hard. And I'll try to sometimes even just give a dollar so that it keeps the momentum going and I get to follow everything. But yeah, it's, that's totally like, there's so many different websites for funding and um, you know, it's interesting too, because I definitely have a much larger fan base now, um, but much more than before since 2016. I mean, I went on tour with the double clicks. We went to San Jose, met a bunch of new people. I have more followers. And it's, uh, but that still can't, doesn't necessarily translate to immediate funding. And I have to remember, um, I have to remember that also, um, there's quite a few people that are not seeing my posts, you know, like, just like how there's so many Kickstarters. Yes. Everyone is dispersed on different social media. So some people don't see my tweets or they don't see my Instagram or they don't see my Facebook because either they don't go on it or they have too many people in their feed and the algorithm is wrong. And so it's, it's kind of like, do I constantly post? 
um, how clear am I? You know, I've still had some people that were very unclear about what exactly it was that I was doing. And so those are all challenges. Um, But sometimes you don't think like, oh, they get it. They get that it's a music album. But some people only know me from comic books or only know me from comedy and they have no idea what I'm doing. So you kind of have to, um, I, I have to sort of be a chameleon with my copy. You yeah. know, if I'm on Facebook, maybe writing in a way that older generations understand. If I'm writing on Twitter, you know, maybe more jokey and stuff. But just, it's hard to not still sound like you're begging, like to Absolutely. find that balance. And it is difficult to find that balance, but you've identified a, a great uh, lesson, and that is each platform has its own voice, its own tone, and its own method of successful communication. One of the, one of the things that uh, I have had, I've had several guests. As you're talking, I'm thinking about several guests I've mm-hmm. had on the show. One of them is Tyler James, and I don't know if you know that name. Mm-hmm. Tyler James uh, has, something, he has something called Comics Launch. And he and I did in April a uh, episode together. He's one of my early guests uh, years ago, uh, back in 2011, 2012. But he focuses on comic books and teaching comic book authors, artists, and things how to be successful with Kickstarter. And then my recent guest I had was um, was someone called from a company called Story Blaster, which is in West Hollywood area, uh, which is a near. I've heard of that. So Story Blaster is uh, for artists on how to develop crowdfunding campaigns and tell your story. And let me, when we're done, I will send you a link to that episode so that you can kind of hear and maybe get in touch with and take a look at Story Blaster, which might be a couple of things. Or reach out to Tyler. Even though he's on the comic book side, there might be a comic connection there for you to take a listen to. Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you. Well, Lucia, I appreciate you coming on the show. We've kind of talked about uh, some of the challenges you've had, which are very real. So many of my listeners are faced with those same types of challenges. And so I appreciate that you kind of sharing that, yes, this is something that's very difficult, particularly when you've had a successful one and you're thinking when you go into that next one, that that same success will be there. And it is so hard when it's not, when things have changed. So I appreciate you sharing that, uh, a little bit of the struggle that you're having with that. Totally. Thank you. <laughs> Where can people find the Kickstarter? Let's remind them again if they want to go take a look and check it out. Where can they find you? Great. Yes. Um, so you can find me anywhere really on social media with my first name, L-U-C-I-A. Uh, and it will be underscore Fasano, F-A-S-A-N-O. So you can search Best Friend Forever, Lucia Fasano's second album, or follow me anywhere at underscore or at Lucia underscore Fasano. Great, that's excellent. And we'll take a look and we'll keep uh, watching as you're as you're progressing. And again, thank you for allowing us to use your music. And we're going to wrap up and we'll have a little bit more of that music as we uh, as we end. Thanks again for being on the show. Great, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Lucia Fasano as she has a Uh, second album that's gone on to Kickstarter, her first one funded a couple of years ago, and her second one is out there that I would hope that you would take a listen and see if you don't enjoy it as much as I have. I have appreciated her coming on the show and sharing uh, the insights that she's had as she's launched her second campaign. Thanks for listening. Take care. (laughs) 